The Georgia Bulldogs are the top-ranked college football team in the country. The Atlanta Braves are a win away from a World Series title. The Atlanta Falcons? Ah, well, never mind. We talk state sports on the November 2nd Commute Podcast with Associated Press sports writer Paul Newberry. This is The Commute, presented by National Office Systems, and I am your host, Adam Van Brimmer. The Commute is in your mobile device or smart speaker every Tuesday and Thursday. Today's episode is all about Georgia sports, specifically the Georgia Bulldogs and the Atlanta Braves. The state's unrivaled expert on both topics, longtime sports writer Paul Newberry, is my guest. But before Paul joins us, a word about our sponsor, National Office Systems. If you are a regular listener to The Commute, you know about Scott Center and his team over at National Office Systems, and how they are Savannah's experts in office design and outfitting. They work with top quality suppliers, such as Dirt Modular Interiors and Herman Miller Office Furniture, to create comfortable and productive workspaces. Learn more by visiting www.natoffsys.com. That's www.natoffsys.com. Now, here's the interview with the Associated Press's Paul Newberry. So Paul joins me now, and... Paul, between all of the tomahawk chopping and all of the barking that is coming out of uh, Georgia sports fans right now, I think I, I want to wear some earmuffs, even though it's not that cold yet. But let's start with the Braves <laughs> uh, headed to game six tonight. And uh, certainly, you know, you look at game six, you'd have Max Free going for the Braves. You've got a rookie on three days rest going for the Astros. But there might have been a little psychological shift the other night at, uh, at Truist Park. Is that fair to? assume that that was uh i think that's fair to assume uh i uh on sunday i actually covered uh went to the falcons game first and of course uh they uh did not win and then <laughs> headed to uh truest park and watched them squander a you know four nothing lead in the after the first inning uh so that was a, a you know kind of a old school uh atlanta sports day there um that we all <laughs> lived through so many times but uh yeah that was a it was a real kind of letdown the other night i think not so much that they lost uh you know i think taking two out of three and having to go back to houston to try to clinch it i don't think was you know they might have taken that at the beginning of the uh of the series but uh i think you know getting that grand slam the home right, crowd everybody's off. so pumped and you know and and then to kind of it just you know and they're still up i believe five four you know but the fourth inning, Freddie hits that homer, so you still think, all right, they squandered the lead, but they're going to still pull this out. And then, you know, just a really ugly last four or five innings for the home team. So, I, yeah, there's a – I don't know. I have in my mind that they really probably need to clinch it in game six, that if Houston somehow, as you said, with a rookie on three days rest, uh, wins tonight and forces a game seven in Houston, you know, you'd have to feel like all the momentum is uh, on Houston's side. But I always say in baseball – that momentum lasts until one guy goes out there and, you know, is, uh, you know, if Ian Anderson goes out there and throws five no hit innings again, then momentum can easily switch the, the other way. So I, but uh, a big game tonight, I don't know. It just seems in my head that it's kind of still set up for the Braves to win tonight and they would, uh, it would uh, behoove them to do that now, but rather than go to a game seven. Yeah, momentum is only as good as the guy that's on the mound. And I think when you that's look at these, right. last, these last two games, you've got to think about the fact that, oh, my gosh, you really miss Charlie Morton now, right, after taking that comeback or mm, breaking yeah. his leg. Would that have, you yeah, think that, that would have changed been, uh, this? Well, that would have been his game on uh, 
uh, Sunday night. Uh, okay. So, uh, you know, I think it was difficult. Uh, he would have started. So, yeah, I think <laughs> if they were sitting there with a 4 nothing lead after the first inning and Charlie Morton on the mound, I think it probably would have looked a little better than uh, Tucker Davidson on the mound. So, um, I, you know, what the Braves were trying to do there um, – was pretty uh, pretty unparalleled. Basically, two bullpen games in a sure. World Series. They were trying to clinch it, and they got one of them. So, uh, you know, I think that was the spin Brian Snicker was trying to put on it after the game. That uh, you know, we knew it was going to be tough. You know, we had, we were basically relying, you know, on a guy that I don't know that hardly anybody beyond hardcore baseball fans had heard of before about a month ago. Dylan Lee starting Saturday night, and Tucker Davidson, a guy who's been out or in triple a pretty much the whole year um you know pitching in the the clincher so um you know they were up against it pitching wise and you know and charlie morton sure would have helped uh, to have him sunday night beyond the outcome of this thing the other thing i'm really interested in and, and you as somebody who covered the braves during their heyday the atmosphere over the weekend at truist park and in atlanta and just around around atlanta in general right now is it harking back to what it was back in the 90s, or is it different? Can you compare and contrast the, the, the two eras? Well, I think there's, again, a, a, there is a lot of excitement. It, it's, you know, it's hard to, um, you, you know, um, uh, uh, compare when you're first doing something. I mean, sure. I think we sort of, it's been so long, we forget how bad the Braves were for so many years or, you know, much of their existence in Atlanta. And I, I don't know that they'll ever capture that feeling of 91, you know, 92, you know, when they first all of a sudden just came out of nowhere. And then they're suddenly, you know, one of baseball's best franchises. I mean, it was just, you know, like a switch goes off. And, you know, with the, the crowds and the excitement, I think, around the early, I don't know that, I mean, I don't think it's fair to even, you know, when you've already had so much success yeah. to rekindle that feeling you had then. But, uh, you know, I think the city is uh, – you know, very excited. You see a lot. Of, you see people around town wearing pearls uh, for Jock Peterson and a lot of uh, Braves flags. Uh, you know, even I just notice where I walk my dog. You know, this little park and school and the sign. You know, out front. You know, go Braves is flashing. You know, on the message board. And uh, so I think the the city is you know very excited. I, I think one thing is a little different. I think when they were. You know, being that their their ballpark is not right downtown. right downtown like it was, I, I do sort of feel like there's still kind of swaths of the city that's hard to go to games now where they are, and um, that they're you know it's an excited fan base, but it's maybe not as widespread around the whole city. Uh, you know, not to say that people that you know live on the other side of town aren't excited for the Braves, you know. Uh, and I don't really live near, near live near the stadium, but um, you know I don't know. It feels that feels somewhat a little different. <laughs> it's a little more. This is an excitement for the Northwest Atlanta Braves and outer suburbs Braves than you know maybe when they were down at Fulton County Stadium and Turner Field, where you know they were kind of the at the center of this metro area. And I so that I think that. Might be a little little different too, but maybe I'm reading too much into that. I don't know, but that it seems that way to me. The star power is a little different too, right? You don't have the the three mm-hmm. Hall of Famers pitching and Dale Murphy and, and a young Chipper Jones, and then a little later a young Andrew Jones. And when they flash those guys up yeah. during the telecast, it really kind of sinks in that 
you know, back then they just they were they were a star studded cast, and this cast maybe is not so star studded, especially with Acuna. Well, I think yeah, Acuna would have that kind of star power, but of course he's not there, and uh, they have a great infield. I think Freddie Freeman, you know, might be a Hall of Famer to be um, down the road. But yeah, it's a it's been a little it's a little different now because they've had. Which is an impressive thing they've done this year, you know, oh, with basically rebuilding their whole outfield. And, you know, they have a rent to outfield right now. I mean, they went and got four guys. None of them may be here next year. I think they're all out of contract after this year. But, you know, it's a, you know, kudos to Alex Anthopoulos for sort of, uh, you know, deciding to, you know, and, and the ownership to say, you know, go get some guys. We still think we have a chance this year, even though they were, they were not above 500 till early August. Uh, right. So they made sort of a, you know, a commitment that the division is weak. We can still win it. And, you know, they did. And even though they had the fewest wins of any playoff team, in fact, fewer wins than two teams that didn't make the playoffs. I mean, they have the 12th most wins in baseball this year. Uh, you know, here they are one win from a world series title. So that, that paid off, but you're right. It's not, uh, you know, we can look back in hindsight and say that was more of a star studded team. And, and I will say, too, you know, remember that was, that was the Braves of Ted Turner married to James yeah. Fonda, Jimmy Carter's right. at games, and uh, and you know, and David Justice is married to Holly Berry. So you know, that was a <laughs> for Atlanta sports. That was a pretty glamorous uh, time there, those early nineties. And close it out tonight. All the excitement will turn once the World Series is completed to the Georgia Bulldogs and the fact that they're number one. They are. Uh, with Kentucky losing the other day, they are the SEC East champions, so they'll be playing mm-hmm. in the SEC championship game more than likely against Alabama. And if they were to finish oh, yeah. undefeated mm-hmm. and lose to Alabama, odds are they're still going to get in the playoffs. So as excited as people are so, yeah. for the Braves, you know it's going to be on overdrive for, for Georgia Bulldogs. Um, as you look at, at what they've done and what they have left, what kind of stands out for you? Well, the, the that defense, whew. <laughs> it's pretty easy to, you know, you, you can win games with Stetson Bennett, JT Daniels, Adam Van Bremer, Paul Newberry, whoever, you know, uh, basically got to go out there and uh, score a couple of touchdowns and you're probably going to win um, is, uh, is a pretty good uh, comfort zone to have. And, uh, there, you know, this defense, we maybe look back on it 20 years from now and say it was one of, if not the greatest, certainly maybe of this era. Um, with what like Eric Russell's doing. defense, uh, doesn't it? Looks like the old 1980 Eric huh? Russell. Defense. Looks like the Eric Russell yeah, defense. It is. It's a, they, they are a throwback in this era of all the you know RPOs and spread offenses, and you know they are just getting after people and say you know we we'll throw about 20 passes and uh, we'll run the ball, and that'll that'll be enough. And our defense maybe gets us a couple of turnovers, and you know we'll win the game. And uh, that uh, you know it certainly doesn't look like there's anybody. You know, they have a road game in Tennessee, which is Tennessee's had a you know a couple moments this season, but it's hard to see them beating Georgia, even playing at home. And uh, certainly I don't think anybody else, uh, the remainders on the schedule, Missouri and Charleston, somebody and <laughs> Georgia Tech, I, you know, 12 and 0 looks uh, pretty well assured now without jinxing them. Um, so obviously that sends them on undefeated number one to face Alabama. And like you said, I, I can't I can't envision any scenario. I mean, I guess if they lost to Alabama, you know, fifty two to three, they might miss the playoff, but um probably not gonna happen, uh, at least that score. Um so uh, you know, I think they're in probably in the playoffs no matter what, um uh, going in. That that'll just be a game to determine if the SEC gets two of the teams. Um, That's it. 
That's exactly right. Because I, I, yeah, I, you know, and I mean, Alabama will have a ton more to play for in that game, obviously, because I don't think they get in with two losses uh, to the playoff. But uh, I would certainly think if they've beaten Georgia and they're twelve and one, uh, you know, they're going to. So um, that'll that'll basically be what the 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 uh, SEC championship game is about. Um, and it's kind of a, you know, if this was just a little side note, it's kind of a thing. <clears throat> you know, I hope there's all this talk of it, playoff expansion and mm-hmm. you know, kind of fitting that in. And you know, to me, I would that first week of December, these yeah, conference championship games. If they're if they're not going, yeah, it's gonna be fun. But if they're not gonna decide who's going to the you know next round of the you know to the playoffs or right. to the next round, um, you know, I'd love to just see that become some sort of part of the playoff. Uh, uh, you know, I'd I'd like to see that. Uh, you know, you you have to either be a conference champion, or if we're not gonna do that. You know, I, I mean, certainly teams, I think, have their conferences like the SEC that have more than one team that's worthy most years. But, uh, you know, so let's uh, let's let's just expand that thing to eight or 16 games. And if you need an extra week, I'd be fine with, you know, dumping the conference championship games and putting that as the first round of the playoffs, you know, maybe at uh, at home stadiums or whatever, or maybe a conferences can host those games or something as they do now. I think that would be great. But it it. it It'll be fun, but it'll be a little weird, you know. It, it doesn't quite have the the oomph if Alabama wins, and then they both still go and maybe play each other again in the playoffs. So, um, and not just and not just from nice, that, maybe that up. and not just from the SEC championship game standpoint, because that's the one that mm-hmm. is legit, right? The real the real thing is, is mm-hmm. okay if if Ohio State or Michigan State plays Wisconsin, that game doesn't mean mm-hmm. anything, right? And it's Pac ten. No, no, I mean, yeah, yeah. You might as well yeah, go ahead right. and wipe that I mean, out and play a playoff. Yeah, and I mean the Big Ten, all the the best teams in the Big Ten are in one on one in one division. <laughs> you know, you know they've had that several years. You know, what's it? Was it last year? Ohio State, Northwestern, or who? You know, right. it right. doesn't. Uh, you know, but so yeah, let's just. Uh, I'm kind of in favor of. I'd love to see that. You know, I know they they like to you know talk academics and that they have to take a couple of weeks off in December for exam times and such. Uh, you know. I'm a little roll my eyes a bit about that, but, um, but anyway, you know, if you need that, you know, need another week to have a 16 team playoff, let's do it in early December and, uh, make that the, the opening round. That that would be something, wouldn't it? Uh, you know, eight games or something over two, three, four days. Uh, that, that would <laughs> that'd be, be like the old days. We used to get out three televisions on new year's day and try to right. watch two or three games at one time, you know? Like the NCAA basketball tournament. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just games all over the place for that first uh, weekend. That would be that'd be fun. We'll be right back to talk Bulldog football. There's one go-to stop for Savannah news on the web these days, savannahnow.com. Want the latest on the Kaya House Museum and its future? Go to savannahnow.com. What about Spaceport Camden? Savannahnow.com. Curious about the November the 2nd election? Yep, you got it, savannahnow.com. Our website and mobile app are your connections to the issues and happenings in our city. You can get full access to our digital content for just $1 a month for the next six months. Go to savannahnow.com slash subscribe now and sign up. Now back to sports writer Paul Newberry. The real curious thing for the SEC championship game, of course, is for Georgia is who's going to be a quarterback. You're around the program. You talk <laughs> yeah. to other people who are around the program. It, it, it was pretty obvious to me on Saturday that Stetson Bennett is, is going to be pretty good until you get to 
Alabama, Ohio State, whoever else mm-hmm. you're going to see in the postseason. Is there any sense yet that that Kirby Smart is waffling or 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 still trying to make up his mind in terms of which direction he's going to go on quarterback? I I think it's uh, like you said. I think it's going to be a week to week thing, and I and I agree with your your idea that when you get into some tougher games, um, that the, the, the great game manager Stetson Bennett might not, might not be your guy. If you got to, you know, <laughs> you may have to, you know, some team has completely shut down the run and has a pretty good defense themselves, you know, and you got to throw the ball, you know, you, you, you may want Daniels in there. Uh, and I, I think it's going to kind of, I think go back and forth here for the rest of the season I think Kirby's tried to portray it as it's not a problem. <laughs> you know, it's a it's a good thing to have that we have, you know, here at Georgia, two quarterbacks that we think can both lead us to victory. And, uh, you know, certainly, you know, props to Stetson Bennett for the way he's, you know, stepped oh, in after, you know, Daniels absolutely. got hurt. Uh, and, and the job he's done is, you know, he's an amazing story. But I'm like you. I, it, <laughs> I keep waiting. When is it going? You know, to me, I, I said for weeks, you know, there's no doubt that though that JT Daniels is their best quarterback, and you know he's got to be the guy. He needs again, snaps, point. And, um, and he needs snaps. You can't and, just yeah. roll him out there and, against Alabama. You know? Yeah, no, it, yeah, I, I would not want to be JT Daniels, like you said, if he's barely played. Um, you know, obviously he's going to get some time. I would think in some of these remaining games where they probably are going to be pretty far ahead, and you know he can probably. But yeah, I, I think you want to. You've got to get him some playing time, and yeah, you don't want to be behind ten to nothing in the second quarter against Alabama, and also, oh, JT, go in there and yeah. get the offense rolling for us, you know. So um, <laughs> only Alabama you know, can do it still that. Seems like to me, <laughs> only Alabama can do that. You know, <laughs> only they can just decide in the national championship game. Yeah, we're going to the freshman now. So <laughs> you know, that's Saban. Uh, uh, you know, everybody's still, yeah, there's still that sort of, a, you know, I'm sure around Georgia and anywhere, whoever thinks they have a chance to win a national title, that dread that, you know, Alabama, you know, even with a loss on their record and maybe not as strong as they've been in past years, you know, hanging around, uh, you know. that. But uh, that's a good question time. right there is Jimbo Fisher uh-huh. finally breaks the curse of saving assistance never being mm-hmm. saving. We finally <laughs> does that does that, that open the door is or is that just is kind of whatever <laughs> yeah i don't think it matters that much it's, it's fun to talk about that you know at least kirby doesn't have to try to break that uh that streak but uh yeah yeah saving boy slipping this year you know a loss and loss. like way back at what three or four in the polls you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah that i i have a feeling they'll be there again um well, we'll see. You know, I, I, Georgia's a you know really good looking team, and you know I don't. I always my motto is you never pick against Saban until you know until he you know you beat him down so much that you know he ain't coming back, at least for that year. Uh, so I'm sure there'll be a sense of dread, you know, going into that game, SEC championship for Georgia fans if Alabama's on the other side. Um, you know, uh oh, got to get by Saban. So. Um, but uh, it'll be fun, man. I'll tell yeah, you. Those of uh, like us without a dog in the fight will have a lot of fun. I mean, I'll, I, yeah, I'll just go to that one. You know, don't really care, but uh, it'll be fun to watch. You know, the mentor and the mentee, and uh, it's uh, you I'll know, it's somebody Kiffin, who is a little bring my popcorn. <laughs> bring your popcorn, Lane. Lane, you'll be available, so you can just bring your popcorn uh, and watch too. But uh, yeah, that's uh, it's somebody who is a little. Um, you know, when they when they fired Mark Rick, saying like, you know, okay, yeah, maybe he sort of has run his course, but did they pull the trigger a little bit? Is Kirby, you know, 
yeah, he's been the defensive coordinator at Alabama, but what does that really mean? You know? <laughs> I was kind of one of those. Is this a good move for Georgia? Yeah, it turned out pretty good move for Georgia. So. Um, yeah, Kirby Kirby can coach, and best of all for Georgia, Kirby can recruit. Uh, so, um, you know, that there <laughs> some of those saving assistants haven't worked out elsewhere, Jeremy Pruitt. But, um, <laughs> you know, so the, this one's at Georgia's worked out uh, just fine for the Bulldogs. Well, to keep all of my professional engineer friends down here happy, we must mention the other <laughs> oh, major no. college football oh, team no. in the state. Oh, and you rolled no, out a you rolled Halloween. out a pretty good yeah you rolled out a pretty good stat before we hit record. Why don't you share with me what you what you saw recently on uh, on social media about? Well, Jordan. somebody had posted and yeah, somebody had posted this, and I actually you know said okay, well let me look this up. Yeah, oh yeah, that that is correct. That. Uh, Somebody noted that uh, Bill Lewis, uh, <laughs> talk about horror stories, you know, anybody, old Georgia Tech fans remember from the early 90s, Bill Lewis, a guy who had one decent year as a head coach and got him the head coaching job at, uh, at Georgia Tech um, and that he was woefully not ready for. Um, his record after 30 games was 11 and 19 at Georgia Tech. And uh, Jeff Collins is currently nine and 21. So two games worse than Bill Lewis was at 30 games. And the point of the post was that somebody said, Bill Lewis didn't get a 31st game. He was, he was fired after 30 games at Georgia tech. Uh, so, you know, obviously the, the poster of this stat was uh, making a point. Um, but I think, uh, I think we talked about this at the, at the beginning of the year in one of our talks that the, uh, this was a big year for Collins and Georgia Tech that they had to start showing, you know, at least uh, some very noticeable, significant progress. And I don't know that they've shown that. Um, you know, I'm sure Jeff Collins would beg to disagree. Uh, but, you know, it's a program that's uh, what's sitting there at three and five uh, is probably not going to make up, is going to have another losing season. I mean, they got to go to Notre Dame and they got to play Georgia. Yeah, so you would think game. that's uh, seven losses. Yeah, that's a seven losses for sure. So that's uh, that takes you out of a bowl. Um, so uh, you know, five and seven probably at best is what they're going to be this year. I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think I don't think he's going to get Bill Lewis uh, at the end of this year, but uh, I do think it you know really turns it up that uh, you know whether you know for all of the the salesmanship and you know apparently better recruiting that they've had these last three years, you know, at some point a guy has to show he can, can coach and, and turn all that into wins on the football field. And uh, so if this is, um, I don't think any tech fan would consider this a, the sort of year they were hoping for, you know, a year of progress with the, with the loss to Northern Illinois on there. And, you know, even a couple of the wins, you know, North Carolina's not had a very good year. Yeah. You know, I think Duke, and and a, and a win over Kennesaw State, so that that's their that's their wins right now. And, and you uh, used to be able to say we you, you used to be able to say we played Clemson close, and that meant something. That no longer means. Yeah, anything. yeah, I don't. Yeah, that the, that uh, even that, like you said, what was everybody thought was what a loss. You know, boy, that shows progress. If there was ever you know a loss can show progress, that they only lost right down to the wire against Clemson. But yeah, now in retrospect, this was a you know a very down year. For the ACC is a very down year, and this would have been a you know guy in his third year in a program 
Clemson's fallen off. North Carolina hasn't, you know, been what everybody thought they would be. You know, the opportunity was there for the taking for Georgia Tech and, and schools like that. Uh, you know, that's, you know, as you remember somebody who covered them, that was when they would have good years. You know, Tech could, you know, pop up in a year when the ACC was maybe a little down and have a great year. And um, championship game, yeah. You know, this would, this would have, yeah, this would have been the year to do that, and it would seem. And um, so uh, I think some, <laughs> definitely going to be some, uh, the temperature is going to be a little higher over on the flats than it is maybe elsewhere in Atlanta. Um here with the, this last part of the season and going into next year. Well, here's, I'm going to leave you with this because this came across earlier mm-hmm. is Georgia Southern of course has a coaching opening because they fired their coach. Oh yeah. A couple games into mm-hmm. the season. And. Oh, I'd like to reported. give a quick uh, shout out just to, Oh, let, let me just, uh, and, uh, and, and who they just lost to would be my alma mater, Georgia state. So, you know, go Panthers. Sorry, 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 Georgia Southern fans. You know, have to, we don't get a chance to gloat much at Georgia state. So I'm, I'm going to go Panthers. Well, you better watch out because the word is, is that one clay Helton is the favorite to be the next Georgia Southern football coach. So, Oh, okay. Uh, hey. Wow. Okay. So that, uh, getting serious down there again, too. Yeah, they they uh that that's a program too that uh, the standards are pretty high, you know. Even as they've moved up, I mean, they've they've had you know some obviously great great teams down there, and they do they'll they'll pull the trigger pretty quickly on a coaching change, won't they? If they're not quite uh, meeting that standard. Yeah, well, when a player gets on top of a bus and shotguns a beer, that's uh, part of this. <laughs> that kind of shows a lack of control of the program. Be- <laughs> I was got. To, I was literally just about to say lack of institutional control. I believe the NCAA would call it there. Uh, <laughs> hey, I don't know you gotta you gotta yeah, play to the yeah fans. yeah that 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 was yeah they uh, maybe if you were undefeated that would have that would have panned out nah, not with a not struggling that that that's not gonna make it. <laughs> well, it's a lot of fun, and uh, we'll look forward to circling back. Maybe talking about. Georgia Bulldogs making a national championship run, maybe. I hate to jinx them, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll uh, the next time we talk to you'll be talking about what's those World Series champion Braves yeah. going to be. Uh, what are they looking for for spring training? <laughs> those playoff bound Falcons, weird thing, those kind of know. things. Be, yeah, well, no, let, no, let's not go too crazy now. Uh, <laughs> I just watched them play Carolina. Uh, let's just, let's not go too crazy here. <laughs> But, Paul, it's always good to catch up with you. And uh, I go, you don't have to work the games with the Braves and the Houston, but enjoy them uh, nonetheless. No, nope, I'm home. All right. I will All be right. just enjoying them at home like everybody else. Enjoy it. All right. Thanks for joining me, Paul. Take care, Adam. That's all for the Tuesday Commute Podcast. Thanks again to our presenting sponsor, National Office Systems. For more interviews with local newsmakers, check out the Commute archives by searching The Commute with that Savannah Opinion. We'll talk to you again on Thursday.